Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Digital Coffee where uh, this is a little bit of a different format. If you guys are watching this on YouTube or if you are listening on SoundCloud, your iOS device, your Android device, uh, you might notice a little bit of a different change because we did update our RSS feed so now we're on SoundCloud. Uh, we're not no longer on Podomatic anymore. Uh, so if the quality has gone up just a teeny bit, that's probably because why. Um, anyways, let's get right into the meat of it. Um, today I did a, well not today, but I recorded a interview with a composer, a personal friend of mine, Nathaniel Platzier. He does voice work, he does uh, makes music for games, he makes music for YouTube, um, and he also has a YouTube channel for making his uh, Let's Plays and all that sorts of stuff. So today's going to be a little bit of a different episode than what you guys are normally used to listening to. Now, I will say that there is going to be a separate digital coffee where everyone is going to be in it. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed the interview. A lot of awesome stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. How are you doing, Nathaniel? <laughs> hey, I'm doing fantastic. That's good. That's good. So today we're going to be doing a little bit of an interview. Are you are you up for an interview? <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Why would I be in here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually I usually do these interviews like with a couple other people, but I'm trying out these like mm-hmm. smaller interviews for like the, my channel and. And hopefully I got something that will turn out really good. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, who is Nathaniel uh, Platier and uh, what do you do? Okay. Well, like, as you said, I'm Nathaniel Platier. I'm, I specialize in music, a little bit of voice acting, and just entertaining in general. Um, I started making music in about... When I was, I'd say safely 18, maybe. Um, before that, I had interest in it and everything, but I didn't have the, the tools for the trade and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, I was always interested in it. And right now, I'm specializing in making music for video games, animations, uh, short films, um, small things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Wow, that, that was a lot more. You you kind of already knocked out a couple of questions that I had already. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Well, I, I guess I guess I can just like elaborate on yeah. things later down if I need no, to. Yeah, of course. Um, that was actually something that I really kind of got. You know, when we when we first kind of met um, through like that mm. live stream like a long time ago, and I was looking at your channel. Oh yeah. I uh, I noticed the Mario and Luigi uh, Superstar album that you've been kind of working on on yeah. and off and i was always kind of like thinking you know you do like this awesome voice work and like and like that <laughs> so why why are you more like inclined to do uh composing and music instead of just doing more of the voice acting stuff like that well i mean first of all a small history on how i got into all this stuff and sure. everything 
I did originally start with music and everything, but as far as my YouTube stuff was concerned, I started off with Let's Playing uh, for a good few years um, because I had posted my music on a few websites and everything and it never gained any traction. So I kind of fell out of it because it, with, with any type of art, whether it's music, uh, art itself, or anything like that, if you don't have an audience, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of defeats the purpose a little bit because art is supposed to be an expression of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you can't express that to others, um, it kind of falls flat. And um, I, was ne- I was never able to showcase my music. Uh, maybe about 12 people saw it and were loyal and would watch it and everything like that. Um, but I, I grew out of that because... I got severely disappointed and I just, it was a lot of time and effort I was putting into something that just was not, it was not budding into fruition at that point. So I I changed gears and focused on Let's Playing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the reason why I went back to music and everything was uh, voice acting gave me a few connections and everything. And with any kind of, uh, whenever you're working in this kind of trade, uh, connections are key and everything, and they always open up more doors for you to do other things and everything. And that's what brought mm-hmm. me to doing music again, um, was me working with the 104th Voice Squad on that really, really old uh, <laughs> yeah. fan project called Attack on Space. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So long. Uh, it was a long time ago, and and my voice has changed a lot since I was the narrator for that. So yeah. Uh, but oh as gosh. far as why music specifically, I've been I've been like avoiding the question on accident. No, I'm no, sorry. you're fine. <laughs> uh, as far as why music particularly, um, I've always I've always felt a particular attraction to music. Um, I was always the type of kid that would always. Uh, when no one was looking, I would pretend to be like Link from Wind Waker and do like the whole baton thing and with my hands and everything. <laughs> uh, none of it ever made sense. I just, I literally just copied the whole like Wind Aria thing that uh, Link does the up, left, right thing. Yeah. All, all over the place, just pretending I knew how to conduct and everything. <laughs> um, I even had like this little light up baton thing that was like rainbowy and changed colors and stuff like that. And I always used that. And, uh, but. Growing up as a kid, I always used to listen to video game music and everything like that, and it was something that always stuck to me, and I never could get it out of my head, and I always originally wanted to make video games, but seeing how I have no talent for that whatsoever, (laughs) uh, I thought, well, I like making music, so, and I have a, I have a love for it, so I, I started investing time into that, and... That's pretty much it. I always think that we always tend to like imitate the things that we want to do the most. So we always end up like doing this like pre act sort of thing where we pretend that we're doing the thing. Yeah, definitely. And then and then when it comes to actually do the thing, we're just like, Oh, we I I can't do this. What am I doing? (laughs) Oh, I'll tell you. Uh this this may go into a future question. I'm not looking at the questions. No, it's okay. Uh but (laughs) but basically Going along with what you were saying, uh, before I actually got into music, um, I think you you vaguely remember Riso, my uh, roommate and everything and all that stuff. Uh, my my roommate Riso used to be my, my rival and everything. He would be the art guy and I was always the guy that was interested in music. And I would, 
in spite and because I was always jealous of his artistic abilities and everything, I would pretend to have made music that I didn't actually make. Um, so I would find something on Newgrounds and everything. And I was, quote unquote, so creative because I figured out, oh, I can right click it, go into properties and change the names of everything on there. So artist. Oh, that's that's Nathaniel Platier. Definitely. Oh definitely. Uh, album. Uh, Nathaniel Platier's music. Uh, <laughs> so that's 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 what I used to do. Um, and then I finally was able to slowly get into it by just doing a bunch of random stuff, uh, really crappy MIDI, just taking MIDI from, from music websites and just doing it in an orchestral style, kind of like as a, how to draw a book, except for with music. And that's how I started to develop my own style was using that as a guideline until I developed my own style. Yeah. And I mean, like I kind of went back and I heard like kind of your earlier stuff for the sake of, of this and your, your Mm -hmm. stuff has like changed throughout like a long time. Yeah. You haven't even seen really the stuff before I even like restarted that YouTube channel. Uh, it's, it was to say it was cheap and sounded very MIDI like is an understatement. It was exactly just a MIDI file. Like, just everything that you would have seen, like, from a MIDI file. And the only thing was sh- that was changed was just, I was like, oh, this track, I'm going to put a violin there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's my, it's original content, do not steal. And that was, that was pretty much what I did until I developed my own style. So That's funny. I mean. <laughs> I, I've, I feel like I've, I've, I've grown a lot in, the, in these last few years. I yeah. mean, I always hear, like, a, a, like, even with, like, artists that, like, draw, you know, they always are talking mm-hmm. about, like, in this one interview I did, he was, like, talking about how uh, he always used to, like, trace you know, like Dragon Ball Z artwork. Yeah. And, and he would always trace like like old anime stuff. And then when it came to like real mm. drawings, he'd, he'd be like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. And then like now his style is really good. But um, mm-hmm. so with the whole, with your whole YouTube channel, um, you kind of went from, this is like something I kind of noticed is, is that you kind of went from doing let's play content to posting your original, uh, content or, and your stuff with, uh, smashified and, um, all mm-hmm. your other involvements to, yeah. to doing, you know, your update videos, like how, how do you find like the type to the time now, especially cause you're really busy now to kind of balance the two apart. Cause I know you were really known back then for doing let's play content as well. You got pretty mm-hmm. popular for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially right now, because I'm getting with, as I said, the more doors that open, the more opportunities you have. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there's a lot of things that are either NDA that I can't talk about or share or there's things that are in development that I can't share yet. And because of that, I can't upload it to my channel. Right. And because of that, it makes my channel suffer more, which is something that's been going on recently. So I haven't been able to uh, work on the Mario Luigi album, despite me wanting to. I've actually, uh, a few days ago, I actually pumped out a few tracks and I'm going to upload those later. Nice. But that is that aside. You like, heard it here, folks. No. It, <laughs> uh, that aside, um, I just, it becomes increasingly more difficult to balance all those things with voice acting, Smashified, um, making music for actual games, and all those things like that. 
Um, so it, there was a part of me that, that, that you had to grow into, which is a realization of when you go into it, you get to do as anything you want. It's free open board. Mm -hmm. Like you get to explore any ideas that you want to, uh, you want to do this album? Go, go ahead. You want to do voice acting at the same time? Sure. Um, but the more you grow and the more you develop your own niche, uh, you start to realize that you have to kind of balance how much time you put into each thing in order to still progress as a person um, and all your talents and everything and still gain the exposure that you need to while at the same time making money while at the same time making connections. Right. So it's a lot of it's a lot of juggling back and forth between all three of those things. So it can become very difficult. At times. I always I always hear the uh, expression nowadays. It's not what you know. It's who you know. <laughs> it's yes. It and that's very much the case. There's a lot of really fantastic artists or musicians or whatever that are so good, but they just can't be seen. Uh, and there's a lot of crappy artists or crappy musicians uh, that have a lot of connections that are seen and are very popular. So it's it's a hard balance to find the the perfect mixture of both of those things. Yeah. Um, speaking with speaking about your connections to things, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your involvement with Smashified because you've been doing stuff with them for for a long time as well. Hey, hey I thought this was an interview about me, not about artsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about the uh, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm well, kidding. It's, go it's go part, ahead. It's go part ahead. of your po- po- portfolio work. And oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I, I'm I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I was I was gonna say I'm like I'm gonna ask you about Satellite Studios as well. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I actually uh, I'm curious how like you you known Omni before. Uh, from my understanding, mm-hmm. that that's correct about the whole Smashified thing, and how did how did your involvement with uh, him really come into fruition on uh, the whole project? Actually, the whole thing was I never knew him before this or anything like that. Oh, okay, uh, how I got in contact with him was um, honestly I explained this to someone else though, but um, you have to develop your portfolios and all that stuff like that. Right. And there's a lot of things that. It, like end up being dead ends and everything like that. Like I've worked for that attack on space live action thing, which didn't pan out. But because of that opportunity, I was able to showcase that to the Smashify team. And because of that, I was brought into the, the team as a musician because they saw that in my portfolio. Um, so they saw my, my range and that I had something significant that I had worked on. Um, and that kind of, gave me a foot in the door even though that specific project didn't pan out mm-hmm. uh it led to more openings so okay um and because of that they let me in and gave me a small like maybe week trial period where they uh let me do the banjo kazooie thing mm-hmm. and it just took off from there and was the t- the team was made up of uh of chris and arts omni uh from that t- point in time right uh I don't. Mm-hmm. I was. I was the first official musician on the team at that point. I don't remember when sh- when Sean came in. He he came in after the the banjo kazooie thing. Okay. Because remember, at the same time, he was doing his own banjo kazooie. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. From that point on, let's talk about a little bit about Silite Studios and your involvement with them mm-hmm. as well, because um, that's really where you get your main amount of work as well. And yes. So yes. how, 
kind of like some similarly to how I asked before, like, well, how, how did you really get involved with them? I know they just didn't really get big until recently. Mm. <clears throat> uh, well, basically, um, it, it stems back from that, that whole attack on space thing. Once again, okay. like, <laughs> old connect, old, old connections, like bringing out more open doors and everything. Uh, although that didn't branch out, it led it to other opportunities. And the, I feel like the, the, the cream of the crop per se in that group um, we had the idea of we love making video games. We have a passion for it. Uh, we want to do what we love, um, but we we want to start it ourselves so that we're not like slave laborers to a company that doesn't have the same passion that we do or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we actually started off with just a handful of people. Uh, we did a Kickstarter for a game called Orion that kicked off successfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it branched out into working with people would come to us and commission us to do sound design or music or things like that. But it originally started with a team of maybe, maybe six people of, of the 104th Voice Squad that I was oh, in. Oh, wow. Um, so we literally started this team on our own with nothing else. Um, the the main guy in charge, Ruben Lack, uh, is incredible. Uh, he was a law student or something like that. He knows all that business stuff and how for us not to get sued and stuff like that. Um, so, which is very very helpful with this kind of business and everything. Right. Um, so yeah, and it's just been slowly gaining traction more and more the longer that we've been a company, and we've been getting a lot of amazing opportunities. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you do you find yourself like doing a lot more voice work or doing a lot more uh, composing? At this point in time, I feel like I do a lot more music. Mm. I would like to have more of a balance so that I can kind of kind of showcase my voice a little bit more, but at the same time, uh I I do feel like music is the primary focus of who I am and what I do, but I do want people to to see me more as just that and to I would just like to have more opportunities to use my voice uh, whether that's doing commentaries uh, voice acting projects like the Shadow of the Hedgehog or Metaton things yeah. just multiple things like that and so, yeah I, I feel like it's it's a good mixture but it, it still needs a little bit more balancing for so me. So you like you're you're liking on the more uh, animation side of things, like just being able. To, oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, because you, uh, you I, I do that have Shadow the Hedgehog voice like really well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I have always had a preference for voicing characters and voicing cartoons or animations mm-hmm. or anime or whatever, rather than like commercial work or like narration or things like that. I've always had the the love of getting into a character um, and kind of delving into their mindsets a bit. Uh, although that's very niche for me because I, I love doing bad guys specifically because I love I love embracing the darker side of a psyche and mm-hmm. um, just delving into the darkness per se. And that's not something that I really get to do a lot in voice acting work, but... Uh, with this low voice and everything, it's it's possibly going to bring me into some bad guy voices, which I would love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I've always wanted to do, either that or insane characters or 
characters that have a lot of emotional trouble and stuff because in high school uh the thing that got me into acting the first actual thing i did um entertainment wise was sweeney todd and i always cast as sweeney todd and i loved being an almost insane character uh with with having a bunch of charades and having undertones of other emotions followed by more undertones um so i'm always looking for uh characters that i can do rather than um infomercial type type narration stuff Mm -hmm. so that's that's always going to be something that i prefer i think with my voice acting stuff so with with your voice acting stuff because i know weren't you before like actively seeking out or you used a forum beforehand i i forget what the forum was called Mm -hmm. uh i i was introduced to a website called the voice acting alliance which is a great website for any people that are interested in starting things Mm -hmm. Um, it's mostly fan dubs. Uh, there are a few paid projects there and a few original content stuff, but um, with many projects, I'm sure that this has happened with you as well, but a lot of things just don't pan out or they just don't get finished or people just die and leave the projects and stuff like that. People lose interest, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the Voice Acting Alliance is is where I originally started until I started developing connections um, and started to get a little bit more professional, I suppose. Uh, but that was the foundation, I guess. Okay, I got you. Uh, let's see. So you you were talking earlier about the whole games and how you want mm. to make music for games and stuff like that. So how, how mm. have games, like, in general, just affected you as a creator? And is there any... any uh, like composers that really inspire you to like make the music that you do or oh yeah well the first person that that comes to mind obviously is Koji Kondo mm-hmm. his his work on multiple games in the Nintendo series and franchise have just been incredible and I feel like the music from any kind of Nintendo game is something that sticks with you rather than a lot of music from other games that are very pretty and very dynamic and everything, but it's not something that sticks with you. It's something that fits the mood, yes, but it's not something that you can hang on to or a week or two later you have that theme stuck in your head. Um, That's something that I loved about Koji Kondo's work as a composer uh, was any, any Zelda music, any Mario music, you instantly can say a name and you'll be able to recognize it and replicate it. And it's something that also you can remix it multiple, multiple times and you can always get something new out of it. There was something about the simplicity of it uh, that you could just expand on it in different ways. Mm -hmm. And there was always something, a new facet of it that you could discover and just appreciate the original content that much more for for it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I feel growing up as a kid, I... I was originally playing Zelda games and everything like that. And having a Game Boy Advance and Game Boy and all that stuff. And being kind of uh, a loner, I guess, just because of lifestyles and stuff and parents or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, You develop a a certain bond with those games, I guess. I I don't know how else to say it, but you develop a, a connection with the games and the characters and the music. 
and it draws you in and you become more and more dependent on that for um, almost a, a release almost of the things that you're feeling that you can't express, the, the ideas that you can't express because you don't have the, the tools or the, the experience yet. And it, it gave you a medium, I feel like, that you were able to express yourself or to kind of run away from reality and and just explore things that you you couldn't even dream about and it shaped you it shapes you into a new person and i feel like that that was just something that i always held on to as a kid um and it really shaped me to who i am really um i i remember a quote saying that uh you are who you are because you get you gain little pieces of everyone you meet or every little experience and that all those combined is what makes you who you are if you didn't uh interact with so and so of a person or have that experience you'd be that much different uh in a negative way or a positive way and i feel like i i feel like in music going through all that stuff and listening to all these different people um, compose music like Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts or Zelda and stuff like that, I feel like uh, having those go through me as a chi- as a k- kid and everything, I feel like I, I got to take little bits and pieces of that and introduce it to who I am as a composer. Mm-hmm. Um because without without growing up as a kid with those things, I would probably have a different style of music, or maybe not even be interested in music at all, the way I am. Uh, so I feel that it games have affected me so much as a kid and even as an adult, and that's that's why I I love games so much. And even as an adult, I'm probably still gonna keep playing it. Yeah. So you so. You mentioned that Koji Kondo is probably one of your biggest inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, definitely. I noticed with with Koji Kondo, especially with the Zelda series, that he likes to reuse um, like older like like themes from mm-hmm. his older games and yeah. kind of reincorporate them and really reimagine them for different scenarios. Like like there's mm-hmm. parts of. Um, what's it called uh the kukiri forest in uh wind waker uh, on outside yes, island yeah. <laughs> that i really appreciate or, or even a better example is the zelda's lullaby being reversed in skyward Sword. yeah yeah uh, for ballad of the goddess like mm-hmm. yeah yeah so do you really like and i know it might be hard for you to kind of do that because you're not really well you do you do make original music but it's mm-hmm. uh but do you really kind of like have certain themes to when you're like doing like work like that and when you're doing your own personal work do you kind of like reincorporate those old themes into your music yeah i, I feel mm-hmm. um sometimes it happens even on accident where i will where as a kid i would have a really honestly crappy song that i would come up with but years later it would develop into something that i could use later or uh i i find myself wanting to use little bits and pieces of songs I've already made um, mm-hmm. and use it into those songs. Uh, um, yeah, I, it's it's something that I, I actually struggle with sometimes. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I've been able to kind of use that to my advantage a few times uh, with 
Project Airheart that got cancelled sadly, but I was able to learn how to use motifs, which are little bits and pieces that you recognize uh, in a series or something like the Star Wars theme mm-hmm. or the Zelda theme and bits and pieces that you recognize like and layer it into new music in different ways and stuff like that. Sadly, since Airheart was uh, canceled and everything, I haven't been able to use it in any other projects yet. Uh, and any any commissioned work from Starlight Studios for video games and stuff, usually the projects aren't big enough or there's not enough tracks or it's not a, a big enough production value that I would want to to do that kind of engineering with it almost. Right. So I haven't really been provided the opportunity to do that, sadly. Yeah. And that, and that kind of really, it, it kind of sucks for the whole like commission. Cause when you're, when you're commissioned something, you're, you're almost, you're at the whim of what they want you to do instead of what you're, mm-hmm. I mean, you can kind of yeah. add your own personal fast, you know, facets to things, but yeah. it's not really un- under your control. <clears throat> so, after you're done doing a lot of the projects that you kind of were working on now and you can kind of release them, um, do you have any plans to, like, maybe after you're done finish, finishing, like, the Mario and Luigi series, you're kind of developing your own, like, sa- like original soundtrack for something? or? Um, I do want to eventually do that. I think that, uh, with my channel at least, at the very least, I feel like... Right now, I'm. I feel like maybe sure, and eventually, once I get enough footing, mm-hmm. uh, enough connections, and everything, people will come to me for my original content. But at this point in time, I feel like people are coming to me because uh, of the arrangements I do or the remixes and stuff like right. that. And at this point in time, I feel like any original content I've made, um, music-wise at least, uh, will not have enough attraction. Like traction to it so that people would go to it Mm -hmm. maybe later down the line i could do some stuff and be known for it like two steps from hell for example Mm -hmm. um but at this point in time i feel like the the more original stuff i do is going to be from video game music that i'm allowed to release later on i got you so is there is there anything like on your channel right now that you're really like proud of like just personally not like view wise or anything like that but you're yeah yeah um i honestly and it's not a very popular video um but the prince peasley theme from mario and luigi superstar saga was one of my favorite songs i've done i feel like mm-hmm. because it was so dynamic and had a very almost final fantasy style to it with the dynamics and like Final Fantasy fourteen specifically. Oh, okay. Um, and I feel like I feel like that song was relatively overlooked, but at the same time, I'm so proud of it. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, how as an artist you look back at something and you go, "Well, that looked crappy, but it was one of the better ideas I've ever had mm-hmm. um, for an art piece or whatever." And then you get to use it later and maybe reintroduce it with better quality. Yeah, That's something that I, I feel like when I look at that, I think I didn't have the tools I could have to make it sound as good as most people. Um, but at the same time, I'm still very proud of it for what it's worth. And even though it's not popular, it's something that I'm, I'm glad I invested my time in. 
Yeah, I, I think like one of my favorites too, like is honestly the Minish Cap one that you did, like on Body oh, Body's the, Fury. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that one a lot. It. Uh, speaking of which, I may actually be um, redoing that with my newer instruments and everything because I made that before I even like started doing voice act, or I did that even before I started. Uh, doing my gaming channel, which was years before I did this channel. Oh, really? Um, so the instruments aren't... Yeah, so the instruments sound good. They're very cl- crisp and clean and everything like that, but they're not up to par with my normal composition standards, so I'm feeling like I might restart that. Uh, don't hold me to that, though. Um, hey, you never but know. I, I am definitely... <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely been interested in working on that again. Yeah, I, I think it's funny, too, because, like, a lot of people, especially when, like, Undertale, like, became really popular, like, a, like mm-hmm. your the regicide arrangement that you did was, yeah, like, yeah. really popular. And even, like, the, the dub that you did for... Uh, uh, <laughs> Shadow? Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not the... Oh, oh, Metaton. Yeah, Metaton, Metaton, the, yeah. the Metaton animation that uh, Kevin did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man yeah so there's there's a lot of and i'm looking at one right now this uh uh jellyfish lullaby i have no idea what that's from oh yeah uh that's from a anime slash visual novel game called dramatical murder oh okay okay yeah yeah um and it was it came i heard this song originally from a small snippet of a character singing in an anime but it was very, very short. It was like maybe 10 seconds worth. And I thought, well, I'm just going to expand it. And I, I turned it into a full song. Um, eventually, in a future episode, I found out that uh, he expanded on his own song, which sounded nothing like what I made. <laughs> uh, so uh, it sounds completely different. So I, I named it slightly different. Um, but despite that, it... Got a little bit of traction mm-hmm. in my earlier days on YouTube. So there was there was yeah. actually another song that I wanted to ask you about because I remember um, back, I th- yeah, it was it was like six months ago um, when you were doing the Iwata stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You were doing you were really involved with doing that, like and mm-hmm. that, uh, like. I know there was like a lot of mixed emotions for you too for when you were doing that too, wasn't there? Like. Oh yeah, definitely. It was it was a very rough time, honestly, mm-hmm. but it was it was a very emotional time in a good way at the same time because I was for the first time I've never really until that time I never was able to really channel my emotion into a specific cause. Mm-hmm. Um I I've always been able to be like, "Oh, this is for this game that I'm making or um I love this theme or whatever." But this was something that was channeled through dedication to Iwata and not sadness but appreciation to what he had done and everything right uh so despite the the very small time limit I had and the many 24 hour nights I I had working on that it was still honestly I I take back that one answer I did about Martin Luigi I I feel like uh the Super Smash Bros Iwata tribute is Probably my favorite thing I've ever done as a musician. I th- I feel mm-hmm. like. So I know you're working on like a lot NDA stuff right now, which you don't have to talk about right now. But uh, what are your what are your plans for the future of 
what you want to do with your YouTube channel slash um, what you want to do as a composer or what what you in general, like what you want to do as a creative? I feel like right now on my YouTube channel, I've been focusing so much on music and everything that I haven't been able to to showcase the other facets of who I am and what I used to do mm-hmm. and what I want to do. Uh, which is let's playing and at the same time doing a little bit of voice acting and even a little bit of singing on the side, even though that's not my thing uh, that I specialize at, I still enjoy doing it. And I I feel like I started the channel, I I restarted the channel with the mindset of I'm going to focus on this. And once that gained traction and people knew me more for music and everything, when I started working on uh, let's playing or other things like that it didn't have a, as much retention and at first it's changed now but at first that was something that was so disheartening for me because i was like are you guys here for my music or for me yeah and i, I so at that point recently i've i've tried to change my mindset on whether it has views or anything like that because regardless there's going to be views for anything i do whether it's small or large, and certain things will have more views than others. But at the same time, I, I'm trying to change my mindset and have the channel be about me um, and what I like to do about my friends, about what I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and not have it so narrow-minded as to what people want of me. Because if that's what I cater to and I become just a... Um, an Undertale remixer for the rest of my life because it's popular <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, then I feel like I the channel becomes more about about business, and I don't want that. I want it to be about about yourself, almost, right? Not even that. I want it to be. I I kind of view my my YouTube channel as me letting people into my life and kind of having a friendship with people mm-hmm. that normally I wouldn't be able to have because it, although I obviously can't talk to every single person individually, I, I I love to interact with my viewers and all that stuff and treat them as friends. Even though I can't do it individually, I try to always, always have a very active, uh, just be very active with my, my community and everything and be very friendly and interacted with them. So I feel like um, for the future of my YouTube channel, I feel like I'm just going to branch out and not not view it as what people want from me, but what I want to show people. Mm-hmm. And they can take out what they want from that. They can always view what they want. Um, but then again, people that do like what I like can always can always view the the other miscellaneous things. And if it gains me two subscribers out of 500 or something, <laughs> that's still two, two new friends almost that, that are interested in what I like mm-hmm. and that I can bond with. So I feel more like my YouTube channel isn't growing a business per se as, as cliche as this is, uh, more of growing like a family. Mm-hmm. And ever since my first YouTube channel, I always called my followers my pack because I felt like um, I always want to treat them as family and as a, a community where we all got along rather than a community that was all about attention and drama and views and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I always wanted it to be about 
just have being there for someone that if their life was crappy, if they have abusive parents or a crappy situation, they always had something to turn to, whether it was music or just me talking to them indirectly or directly um, and kind of helping them and having a community where they could go to them also mm-hmm. and talk if need be. Um, and at this point, I'm not big enough for that to happen, and but it's something that I'm working towards, and it's something that I... Once I get back into Let's Playing, I want to make it a big point to to kind of reintroduce that in my channel. Yeah, I mean, you're almost like you're 15 subscribers away from 4K, which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I feel like I feel like um, once you once you start getting back to things, uh, you're gonna start doing like more uh, streams and again and <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I, I know I don't. I, I definitely miss those streams. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm really, I'm like almost kind of proud of you too. Cause you're like, <laughs> you, 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 you've grown so much ever since I met you. So <laughs> thank you. I feel like you've grown like a lot too. Which I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've really been impressed with it. I, I said this in one, and one small commentary slash interview type thing, mm-hmm. but um, someone someone asked me um, why why I'm doing this if I had any motivation for what I'm doing, and my answer to them was um, a- as a kid and everything, you always grew up hearing in movies or whatever like that about the underdog story and how people would always be able to work really hard and do X, Y, and Z, and they'd make a name for themselves or whatever like that. And that was something that was cool in theory, but obviously there's a, a part of realism that you have to realize, is that is that a real thing or is that just Hollywood magic type thing? Um, mm-hmm. And with, with everything that I'm, that I'm doing, despite having... Uh, a rough past and everything pre-adoption, which I won't go into, but um, point is, I feel like a lot of people have had really crappy lives and stuff, uh, and because of that, they've either just given up or they've not taken a chance doing what they wanted, but just done something safe, like a, a normal a normal job or something. Um, but I, with my channel and with everything that I'm doing, I've been wanting to to take a chance and see if the underdog story could actually work in real life with real life applications, no Hollywood magic to it, no TV adding little bits and pieces of it to make it look more interesting. Just working super extremely hard, just constantly, um, nonstop, just lots of dead ends, but still working through it to see if I could still make a name for myself whether it's small or large it didn't matter but just to have a small just to not fall into the category of just working a normal job just surviving but actually living right and i i feel like uh although it's only been a few years since this channel has started i feel like it's already been all that hard work and everything is already starting to showcase itself and I feel like the underdog story can can work if you try really hard and never stop. Um, even if it's really hard, you just have to have a, a one-punch-man attitude with it, I guess, <laughs> and just keep going. 
Uh, even if it just exhausts you and you just feel like you can't do anymore, which has happened to me multiple times, quote, quote, the, the Iwata tribute thing, <laughs> uh, which was a lot of work and everything, and I thought that I was going to collapse with that, but um, I, I, my channel has just been about me wanting to, to prove that that's possible, both to me and to others that have gone through lots of crap in their past. All right, guys, that's it for this episode of the podcast. I just want to thank you guys again for listening to it wherever you decide to listen to it, whether it's on Android, on iOS, on YouTube, SoundCloud, etc. Uh, I really am thankful that you guys do listen to the podcast. And until next time, see you later. Bye.